Hello and welcome back to the lecture series with Reb T, which we try to do in a bi-weekly format. Tonight's episode is called The Rumor of Humor on behalf of Proper Laughs. Sources come from Safaria unless otherwise noted. We're going to do it in a little bit of a different format tonight, focusing heavy on different types of sources and then bringing it home with Safaria sources. Look out for the points to carry over the PTCs. All Shiurim, all of my Shiurim are on shearenjoyment.com slash Shiurim slash Shiurim dash Reb dash T forward slash. Again, Pirkei Avos OT Show and Lecture Series are all available on all podcast forums as well, including iTunes and Google, if you like to use it through the podcast player. Shout out to Jake W. for all his amazing hard work at SheerEnjoyment.com. Amazing Sheerum there. Go check it out. If you want to email me, feel free at RebT, R-E-B-T, at SheerEnjoyment.com. This shear is for the Rafua Shalema of Shlomo Ben Saradina and Livia Margalit Bat Ilana Devora, and for anyone sick or needing a Yeshua or Rafua, especially as we come towards Rosh Hashanah, we should keep everyone in mind for all of Klausel to have Yeshua and Rafua as much as possible. So rumor has it that laughter is the best medicine. But where does that come from? And why is that so? I think that it may be that the origins are from Mishle, written by the great Shlomo HaMelech in Yud Zayin Chavbet. Look at what the Pasuk there says in Mishle. Leif Sameach Yetev Geha Veruach Garem A joyful heart makes for good health. Despondency dries up the bones. Clear, cut, and dry. The Pasuk itself says you want to have good health. You want to have a good life. You want to have a happy life. Make sure you have a joyful heart. Make sure you have a heart that's full of happiness and full of light, full of goodness. And a lot of times that can be accomplished, that can be obtained through humor. Despondency, sadness... Depression, on the other hand, dries up the bones metaphorically, literally, figuratively, in every which way, shape, and form. It literally dries up your physicalness and your spiritualness. Nothing can be accomplished. Life can feel like a rut, God forbid, in a state of depression. Mishlei 1515, Tedvav Tedvav, also, I believe, keys us into the idea how humor can really do this. To help life be full of joy. Kol yamei ani ra'im v'tov lev mishte tamid. All the days of a poor man are wretched, but contentment, good, or a happy heart, tov lev, is a feast without end. I didn't include it here, but Perkyavos asks, I believe in either Perak Aleph or Bet Ravi Yochanan asks his students, what is the best way to go about life. What is the best path to go about life? And the answer from one of his Talmudim is Lev Tov. Because with a Lev Tov, a good heart, if you have a full heart, a good heart, a happy heart, and you can only feel like you're giving and wanting to do good, usually in the right way with a happy smile when you're happy in your heart, that'll let you be a good neighbor, that'll let you be a good friend, that'll let you be someone who's generous and caring and involved with others. The heart has to feel good. The essence of the person has to feel goodness and generosity, and that can only be from a spirit of contentment and a spirit of happiness. Nivua 
and speaking to Hashem could only come to the Nevi'im of old if they were content and samach lev and tov lev. Why did Yaakov Avinu not have Nevuah for 22 years? And the entire time that Yosef was away from him, he was in mourning. He was sad. He was despondent. He was in a state of depression. He wasn't able to talk to Hashem. But the second he heard that Yosef was alive, the second he knew that Yosef was around, his heart changed, and that second Hashem literally talked to him, go down to Egypt, I will be with you. Go to your son, you will be happy and content there. This is where your family is supposed to be. For 22 years he had not an ounce of prophecy because he was sad, he was despondent, he was depressed. Maybe on some level he knew it couldn't possibly be or he, he couldn't come to terms with it because in reality that's not what happened. If a person, lo alenu, has someone missing in actions, lo alenu, someone's a prisoner of war, or lo alenu, someone's in jail, on some level the family, the spouse, the children know, but God forbid, God forbid the person doesn't make it anymore, on some level the person knows. But when they're in a state of flux, and they kind of have this ability not to be able to come to terms with There's no such thing as closure for loss, but there is a way of moving forward, trying to move with it. But if you're in a state of flux, like when Yaakov was thinking about Yosef, but in his heart couldn't fully come to terms with it, he was never able to, to have that to have any element of contentment to the heart because he was in flux. His soul on some level probably knew that Yosef was still alive, but he was told that Yosef wasn't there, but he wasn't there. If a person knows finality, the end of a situation, and this is any situation in life, when you're in flux, it's very hard to feel content. When you finish the mission, when you finish the job, it's much easier to feel content. A lot of times if I'm in the middle of something and it's not finished, I feel flustered, I feel overwhelmed, and I feel the stress, the anxiety involved, but once I come through it and I feel the contentment and the resolution, I could feel the closure, that's the way of doing it. When a life is missing the closure, the happiness, the contentment, the goodness, it's a life that's missing the full element, the full vitality. Mishle teaches us a joyful heart is one that will have good health. Contentment is a feast without end. Someone that's always happy, no matter what Hashem throws to them, someone who's always joyful, full of humor, full of laughter, no matter what comes to him, is someone that can have a wonderful life, someone whose life can feel like a feast. Do you ever see these people that always have a scowl on their face? I've talked about this before on many of my shows in Shirim. Someone that is resting what I call witch face, a resting mean face, even when they're not talking, they just look like they have a scowl on their face. They look like they have a meanness on their face. I personally have this in my experience working in the schools with different administration, different people. I've seen this. I've noticed it with people. And in life, in my short life so far on this earth, I've seen many people have a resting mean face, a resting witch face. They don't have laughter in their soul. They don't have humor in their life. They don't have contentment in their life. What kind of a life is that? For them, everything is a scowl. It's a wretched life. On some level, they're like the poor man who cannot enjoy life. They're always angry. They're always cynical. They're always mean. And they're always twisted inside. They just can't enjoy anything. They want to make other people's lives miserable. That's why on some level I feel like these types of people raise in power and get the positions even though they don't deserve it because they're so aggressive. They don't enjoy life. All they want to do is rise in power, have more power, put other people down. But in the end of the day, their life is much more wretched than the rest of ours because they're not enjoying life. They don't have humor in their life and they're not 
having an element to their life that's making them happy. They're just wretched. You want to have a good life. You want to have a happy life. Make sure you have humor in your life. Make sure that your life is full of happiness. Make sure your life is full of laughter. Laughter is really the best medicine. Therefore, it is good for us. It is healthy for us. And it is joyful for us to make sure that we have the happiness and the humor, the laughter in our lives. Laughter really is the best medicine. When we lack the laughs in our life, the bones and vitality of our life is seriously missing, seriously lacking. Think about the idea, if there was no humor or laughter in life, the whole world would seem lacking vitality. If we took laughter and humor out of the picture, God forbid, it's easy to see life as dull. It's easy to see life as gray. It's easy to see life as lacking color, luster, or appeal. And God forbid, we can come to despondency. We could come to lack of pleasure or motivation in activities or involvement in goal-directed behaviors, which we learned in, in school, in grad school, OT school, anhedonia, lacking motivation, Abolition, excuse me, Adonia, lacking pressure in any activities. You used to love to listen to radio, and now without laughter, without humor, you don't enjoy it. You used to be motivated to do so much in your life without humor, without happiness and laughter, you're lacking that. God forbid that can in turn further spiral us downward to depression and really bad places, God forbid. It reminds me, Lahavda, 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 one of the worst periods of our Jewish history and our modern history was the Holocaust. Lo'alenu, we should never know from such things. So many people were so thrown about and destroyed. So many people lost so much. So many people were murdered, executed, and destroyed. And one of the places that happened was Poland. I went with my yeshiva many years ago to Poland. I felt like it was very important to go on heritage a mission to different concentration camps and different aspects of what Jewish life was back there, back then. And then it ended going back to Israel, which was an amazing, uplifting experience, going from terrible destruction, going to a beautiful, uplifting situation. But we went to Poland, and I remember all of us thinking that Poland is a place that literally lacks color. The whole society so much evil happened there. So much terribleness happened there. The whole society, the houses, the, even the sky, it just felt gray. Literally, figuratively, metaphorically, in front of our eyes, there was no color in the entire country. Because that country was a country, along with Germany, I haven't been to Germany, but along with the aspect of the terrible aspects of what happened in that society was terrible and lacking the vitality of life, lacking the good things in life. Terrible things happened there and it was lacking color. It was lacking animation. It was a terrible existence of the outdoors. It was a, it was a terrible degradation to life, the whole society. But just visiting that society and understanding what happened there and realizing that the whole element of life was snuffed out there, Germany also, you could see why Hashem took away the color from that society. So if there is no vitality, there's no happiness, there's no humor, there's no joy, the whole element around us is going to be gray. It's going to be lacking in color. It's going to be lacking in appeal and lacking in luster and lacking in the actual elements of life. Think about elements of your life Think about times in your life when it felt like life was lacking in color. What was lacking in your life? Was it a period of sorrow? 
Was it a period of sadness? Was it a period of loss? Or was it a period of failure? And what could be the counteraction to that? Even when someone, Loa Lenu, God forbid, goes through really terrible things, what's a really good remedy, a really good help, is laughter and humor. Even in my own life, many losses in my own life, during those terrible, terrible times, a really helpful thing for me, a really helpful tool was humor. Even when I went through my own losses, I I myself tried to use humor, even though the terrible situation was so atrocious, and other people try to help. When people go visit people, Lowellino for Shiva, or people try to go to people if there's a tragedy, Lowellino, or people, Lowellino, go visit people when they lost their job or whatnot, what can they talk about? What can they do? Halacha says you're not even supposed to open your mouth until the person talks to you, the avil or whatnot. But what does the avil do a lot of times? They share humorous stories. They share humor from the lost person's life. They share humor to try to help them, to try to coax them. And other people try to get them to laugh about the wonderful things, the amazing things, the the supernatural things that happen in the person's life, that it's laughable how much they accomplished in such a short time. Even if we're given 120 years on this earth, that's really not a long time, but what good can we do? And how amazing to laugh at the amazing ability the human has on this earth. I want, to, I want you to think about, let the question resonate for yourself. When was the last time you had a really good laugh? What caused it? Who were you with? How did it feel? How did it make you and the ones around you feel? What was your mood like then? And what was your mood like for the rest of the day? See the power of humor? You see the power of laughter? It literally can change your entire conversation. If you're having an argument with a spouse, you're having an argument with a friend, you're having an argument with a coworker or a boss, if you say a joke, if you catch yourself and say a joke and you both can laugh at it, it is a true tone way to completely destroy the argument and change the whole trajectory of the conversation. I read this recently, maybe from Chabad or Aish, but it's a trick in life. If you're having a heated discussion, a heated debate, if you put a joke in, or you guys laugh, even artificially laugh at a shared experience, it literally changes the whole dynamic of the experience. It literally changes the whole atmosphere, the whole environment of whatever is going around, and you might be able to diffuse whatever the source of contention was to begin with. So any married people out there, any people having difficulties with family members or friends or arguments that you're currently in, try to do a joke. Try to think of a joke. Try to say a joke or try to watch something together that's humorous. There are many clean, funny shows we'll talk about later that if you share the experience, you share a joke or he tells you a joke, she tells you a joke, you tell them a joke, it literally can diffuse the situation. It could change the mood that's prevalent between you two. I know for myself, and my kids are really mad, especially the five-year-old, the three-year-old, even the the one and a little bit-year-old, if they're really mad, really angry, really upset, they hurt themselves, someone stole a toy, even though they have the same toy, even though they, they were using it a second ago, and they're really mad, a really simple trick I've learned is to be really silly with them, both my boys and my girl, both our boys and girl. Our girl, if we laugh with them, we do something silly, we make them laugh, it literally diffuses the tension out of the situation. And it doesn't have to be something that's an astrophysics type of a thing. Really simple. I put water on my head. 
I put their pajamas on my head. I try to wear their pajamas. Or I try to walk on top of them. I try to sleep on top of them. I try to sit on them. Anything silly, I make silly noises, silly phrases. I sound like a crazy person. But on, on many levels, it really helps them. And it connects with them. And that laugh, that silliness can diffuse any tension. Even in my little kids, our little kids, any little kids around, it really could help them. It's such a beautiful wonderful tool Hashem gave us. Hashem wouldn't give us humor if He didn't want us to use it for good. So think about the last time you had a really good laugh and the last time you really used and could use a really good laugh and it really helped you. When we have a good laugh, it makes us fundamentally feel better. It's a wonderful conduit when used in the proper manner to help alleviate stress and tension. Humor is an amazing thing that was given to the world by Hashem Himself. The ability and experience of laughing feels great as well, especially when done with others. The idea of a laugh is fascinating. People can either love or hate a person's laugh, especially close people in your lives. Hopefully to all of us, the sound of a laughter, a person's laughter, especially a spouse, I love my wife's laugh. I hope everyone loves each other's laughs. It's truly a very enjoyable music to my ears and hopefully to all of our ears. I think for myself about a comedy night my wife and I had with our show last year and the year before. I think it was uh, Ashley Blaker and maybe Ella Leibowitz, but other people are out there, kosher comics, amazing comics. It was so nice to laugh together out loud with others from the shul and from the community. Who cares how much it costs? Of course, it didn't really, you don't want to break the bank, but really, in the scheme of things, Whatever it costs, it wasn't really a lot to begin with, but whatever, people are like, oh, I can't spend the money, I don't have the money. The things we remember after 120 years are not how much money we had in our bank account on August, uh, whatever, I mean, September, whatever, 2020 or 2019, 2017. We remember the beautiful shared experiences. We remember the laughs we had with our spouses, with our friends, with our kids. We remember the experiences. We remember the good times. People are always like, ah, how could you spend this? How could you spend this? And I always say to me, money comes and goes, but memories, happiness, giving to my wife, giving to my kids, that is something that lasts forever. If all of us could take that message home and internalize it, maybe the world would be better. There's so many stingy people out there. People are too stingy to their spouses. They're too stingy, too grudging to their children, too grudging to others. We talked about this a lot in the generosity lecture, the chesed lecture, giving to others. We have to remember, after 120 years, nothing material comes with us anyway. If you try your hardest, you do your shtadis, you try to pay your bills, but you do the best you can, giving as much as possible, as generous as possible, to let your wife your, your or your husband, depending on whatever, and your children have a good time, giving them whatever you can, not spoiling, but giving them whatever you can to make them have a happy life, a joyful life, a laughing full, humorful life. Hashem will back you up. You know, Hashem will take you on the path you want to go. But It's so important, I feel like, for myself to have daytime with my wife every night. So we a lot of times we have a show, and over the weekends we try to watch a movie together. We always try to find good, clean shows and good, clean movies. And it's wonderful to sit and watch. And to me, this is like Kodesh HaGadash and Lahavdil time with my wife. I do not like to be interrupted. I don't like uh, each other to interrupt us. I like us to be with each other, present in whatever we're watching together to share. I get very annoyed if I have to check messages or whatnot if we have to because this is like sacred time. 
when you have daytime every night, and it's really good non-COVID times, but even during COVID times, to go every week with your spouse, every week with kids, with your family and friends, to really catch up. Even not every week, but even every month. It's so important. H.com talks about this a lot. To always have that date night, even if you're married five years, even if you're married seven, eight, ten, twenty, thirty, I don't care how many years, however many years you're married, it is important to always have that time together. It's always important to laugh together, to have humor together, to spend time together every day, every week, every month. Spend that time with friends, family, spouses, and the like. Because laughter together is a shared bonded experience. It's important to realize though the humor should be proper and appropriate. And this is one of my key things. It doesn't have to be slapstick to be funny. It shouldn't include vulgar words to be funny. It shouldn't include vulgar phrases to be funny. It shouldn't include situations, vulgar situations to be funny. I wish society would get this memo. It should not involve violence to be funny. It shouldn't involve hurting others to be funny. And I put funny in quotes because it's not really funny, these situations. We think it's funny, but it's really not funny because it's degrading and, and vile and not the right type of funny. A truly good comic or truly good comedy does not need any of the shtus to be good, to be really good. Comedy can be hilarious. Comedy can be clean and they don't have to be mutually exclusive. Comedy could be amazing and funny without hurting anyone or anything in the process. It just might take a bit more thought, a bit more work than the stuff that's out there currently. You know, think about the radio. Think about the TV of the last century, not the past few decades, the last century, even pre-I Love Lucy, Lahavdo times, when you weren't even allowed to mention the word pregnant on TV. There were ways to be funny in proper and good ways. Something happened in the past few decades that TV went down the tubes, and it's almost impossible to find good, clean shows. It's possible, but almost impossible. The much more likely is the not good shows. Unfortunately, in recent decades, so much more often than not, the humor goes in bad directions or in demeaning, degrading, or mean ways. Poking fun at people, putting down people, but that's not the right comedy. Kosher comedy exists and it doesn't involve any bad words or situations or content. I wonder myself personally many times why society thinks that shows can't be clean and funny. Who said that? Where does that come from? Why is that an oxymoron to society nowadays? Why do they feel like it has to be mutually exclusive? It could be rated PG or G and be extremely funny. It doesn't have to go all the way up. Nowadays, it's almost an anomaly to find clean, funny, kosher shows, but I'm telling you, they do exist. And Lahavda, Lahavda, my wife and I try very hard to find them. A good comic or a really funny person knows how to be funny without putting anyone down or using bad language or using bad content. If a comic or a show or any media has to use those things to be funny, quote unquote, then they really are not funny at all. Again, if a comic or a show or media has to use those things to be what they call funny, quote unquote, then they really are not funny at all. Humor and laughter are terrific things, but they should be done 
and brought about in the right and kosher manner. But my question is, what are the real effects of laughter? What can it do for us? Look at what the Mayo Clinic and Harvard has to say about it. Laughter has many benefits, including that it stimulates many organs, activate, it activates and relieves your stress response, and it soothes tension. It can help you in the long run and improves your immune response and it can relieve pain. It can increase personal satisfaction, can make it easier to cope with difficult situations. It also helps you connect with other people and improve your mood. But really, really, how and why does it work? What's involved that makes it feel good for the body? Check out what Harvard says. On the brain, the Harvard Mahoney Neuroscience Institute letter. Humor laughter in their home moments from 2010. Jokes work because they defy expectations. The surprise aspect of these tales kick in the frontal lobe search for pattern recognition. Humor is an evoked response to storytelling and shifting expectations. Laughter is a social signal among humans. It's like a punctuation mark. But like any comic will tell you, timing is everything. In a joke, the setup gets us thinking in one direction. The punchline comes and jars us into realizing there is a completely different way to interpret the situation. The contagion of laughter... This author that's talking about this person in the study says, suggests patients felt the emotions they expressed were being validated. The notion also is that empathy is a shared experience. Laughter is catching. And that's why it, in so many sitcoms they use laugh tracks. I always wonder why they use laugh tracks. It's really annoying. Don't tell me when to laugh. Let me laugh when I want to laugh. Don't tell me when I'm supposed to laugh. But using laugh tracks is because tape laughter invites audience participation. They must have had people from marketing or psychology realizing that that's a way to get people to laugh even if they wouldn't laugh at the show in general so they use the laugh tracks. Think about really good shows by the way. They don't need the laugh tracks to be funny. If it's a really funny show you'll laugh when you're supposed to laugh at the part that's funny. If you have the laugh track it's forcing you, telling you, trying to cue you in when you were supposed to laugh. But maybe... You didn't think it was funny that he tripped over the rug and hurt himself because it really not it really is not funny. But laughter may also confer health benefits. The past 40 years studies have shown good-hearted laughter relieves tension and stress, boosts that immune system, reduces stress hormones, increases activity among immune cells and antibodies, helps reduce the risk of heart attack and stroke, improves blood flow and blood vessel function. Laughter and humor can be a tonic for the brain as well. That's how we know laughter can, and humor can work. But even go a step back even more. Look at what Wikipedia says. Humor. What is humor defined as? The tendency of experiences to provoke laughter, provide amusement. All ages, all culture respond to humor. Most people are able to experience it by being amused or smile or laugh at something funny like a pun or a joke. And they're considered to have a sense of humor. But it really can be determined by personal taste. The extent to which a person finds something humorous is the variables, the geography, the culture, maturity, education, intelligence, and context. But laughter itself, Wikipedia explains, is a physical reaction. In humans with rhythmical, audible contractions of the diaphragm, the respiratory system that makes us go hee 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 or ha ha ha. It's part of the actual physical function and form of the human body that Hashem made it. That that's how laughter comes about. It's a response to external internal stimuli. It could be tickled like I do to my kids. 
or it could be from humorous stories or thoughts. It's like an auditory expression of a number of positive emotional states like joy, mirth, happiness, relief, and the like. On some occasions, however, it can be caused by contrary emotional states like embarrassment, surprise, or confusion. But that's not the good laughter. That's nervous laughter or a courtesy laugh, which is a sad type of laughter. We shouldn't see such things. Age, gender, education, language, and culture also indicate whether a person will have laughter in situations. Even primates like gorillas have such ability as, as laughter as well. It's part of the human behavior that's regulated by the brain, clarifying intentions and social interactions, providing a context to conversations. It's used as a signal for being part of a group, signals acceptance and positive interactions with others, and sometimes it can be contagious. Something's really funny, people laugh, I laugh, my wife laughs, the kids laugh, we could be laughing for minutes on end, it's really contagious. The study of humor and laughter, its physiological and psychological effects, has a fascinating branch of human psychology and human study of sociology called gelontology. gelatology. Very interesting. So the idea is that there's always a time to laugh, but it should be at the right place at the right moment in the right mind, mindset. Kohelis picks up on this in Paragimel Pusik Dalit and Paragbet Pusik Bet. First, we're looking at Gimel Dalit. Ace Livkos, the Ace Lishok, Ace Sephod, the Ace Rakod. Shweki uses this in one of his famous songs. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. And, and also it says in Koalas, in 2-2, Beis Beis Lishok, Amarti Mehulel. I said of laughter, it is praiseworthy. It is really good to have laughter and humor, especially positive and proper laughter, proper positive humor in our life. It's not a rumor that humor is good, but make sure that it's on behalf of the proper laughs. A lot of elements in life has to do with timing and placement of things. Don't laugh when your friend is down. Take an assessment of the situation. Look at the person around you. If someone is struggling or someone's hurting, do not laugh at them. When we see kids laughing and another person falling, that's a negative trait we try to help them correct. Don't cry also when you're supposed to be laughing. You know, it's a funny situation. You don't have to be laughing then because it's a funny situation. These two elements of laughter and humor are things that should be in our lives as much as possible, but in the right ways. I myself have friends who are comics, and I'm a very big fan of Amazing From Comics. The idea of kosher comedy and Jewish kosher comic was highlighted in Jewish Action, the magazine of the OU, where it talks about the idea of the kosher comic and kosher comedy. The article was called Kosher Comedy, The Rise of the Orthodox Comic. I left a link here on the sources, jewishaction.com. Fascinating article. But there are many Orthodox performers like Underdues in Israel, the big machers, big mockers in the States. There's an Orthodox comedy club in Yerushalayim founded by David Kalimnik, who also writes for H.com. YouTube is a major factor. There's a new venue for funny, funny from people with inclinations for funniness, for humor. There's also kosher videos online. They're more involving in the instincts, instincts of people being involved in, in doing the comedy. There are places for aspiring comics and there are places for them to go. Schools and schools recognize the spiritual power of humorous words. More venues look to have those clean comics. More comics who guard the kashrut of what goes into their mouths and what comes out. That's the clean comic. That's the kosher comic. Guard what goes in your mouth and what comes out 
of your mouth. Anyone can work non-clean, Gluck explains in the article. Not everyone can perform clean. A really good comic is a really clean kosher comic because they could find the funny things without having to, to revert to schmutz schmutz or stutz or putting anyone down or using any bad words. The challenge is to find performers who are both clean and funny. We want, as from juice, to enjoy a night out with our spouses, our friends, our family without having to worry about compromising pr- principles. Humor is the obvious vehicle. Comedy is the path of least resistance. It's the best way to give Musa rebuke in a way that is not condescending, it's effective. The Orthodox comedy community sees comedy as an outlet. It's good for us not to take ourselves so seriously. Mordechai Shmutter also is a comic. He writes for Asia, has many books, and he's hilarious. And he's considered a kosher comic with kosher comedy, and he's so, so funny. I literally laugh out loud. He writes sometimes for the Jewish press. He has books in H.com. There are people like that out there. You just have to look for them, but you can find them. Orthodox comedy allows us to have similar... Okay, everyone's going through that relief for things like Pesach, Mishloch, Manos. Even the idea of COVID is so stressful. But if we think about it from the lens of what Hashem is trying to show to us, think about how bizarre society looks right now. It could be interesting in an aspect to look at it and to poke fun at our own selves. We could help kids and, and look at homework and we could think about comedy but realize it's not late sons we're not making fun of 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 things that that are not supposed to be made fun of we're talking about being funny in the right thing we're not ridiculing moral positions we're talking about using humor in the proper ways in an orthodox way we know about the talmudic sage we're going to look at in a little bit rabba would start his shirim with jokes Eliel pointed to jokesters in the marketplace who were guaranteed olam haba and kohelis we just looked at there's a time to laugh because depression is destructive. Humor is effective, but depression is destructive. As Dr. Rabbi Dr. Abraham Torsky explains, especially in his books, the guidelines for being the comic, for having comedy, is don't offend, don't ridicule. If it's appropriate humor, it could be inspirational. It shouldn't be destructive to others. Especially explained by Rabbi Ephraim Buchwald, director of the NJOP, the National Jewish Outreach Program. Well, the Bible Rebbe explained, the Rebbe would say, if you could take something mundane and ordinary and turn it into something kosher, turn it into something acceptable and clean, you're doing something great. You're doing a mitzvah. That's why on a very tiny level, we take podcasts, we try to do shiurim, talk Jewish things, talk OT things to help life. You take something that could be mundane and ordinary, something other people use and turn it to the negative or turn it to the bad or sins, God forbid. But we and others, so many others out there try to use it for Torah, try to use it for good. So comedy too, we take mundane and ordinary and turn it into something kosher, acceptable and clean to make people laugh, but in the good ways. Halacha is the guide, but it has to be in the right way. Modesty is maintained in dress and language. Topics are benign. The material, writing the material for them is a thousand times harder but it allows the Jewish viewpoints to come in humorous ways. Unconnected Jews can see being observant doesn't mean that doesn't prevent a comedian from being cool, from being quick-witted, from being with it. Anyone can really understand the beautiful value of humor. We just have to look into it. The Gemara Shabbos points out what Rabba would do. The great sage Rabba, Ki Rabba mikami Rabbanan. 
Rabbah, before he began teaching halacha to the sages, he would say something humorous, and the sages would be cheered. And then he would sad and begin teaching the halacha. Because Rabbah understood to start the lecture, you got to capture their attention. you got to make them feel at ease. you got to make them feel happy and warm-hearted with having a good joke. Rabbah, the great sage Rabbah, understood the benefit, the value of good comedy, good laughter. We know the famous story of Eliyahu and Tanis, one of my favorite characters in all of Tanakh, Eliyahu Hanavi. It says in Gemara Tanis, Asu Hanach Tre Asi Amar Le Hanach Nami Bene Alma, De Asi Ninhu Aza Legabehu, Amar Lohumai Uvdachayu, Uvdaihu, Amar Le Inchi Buduche Anan, Mavdichani, excuse me, Mivdachinan Atsive Inami Kihazinan Betray de Isla Hutigra. Sorry about my breaking my words over the terms. In the meantime, two brothers came to the marketplace. Eliyahu said to Rabbi Baroka, These two have a share in the world to come. What do these people do that they have a share in the world to come? Rabbi Baroka went over to the men and he said to them, What is your occupation? They said to him, We are jesters. We cheer up the depressed. We make people laugh and we give them humor and we change their lens we shift their focus we make them feel happy when life can be crazy hard alternatively when we see two people who have a quarrel between them we strive to make peace just like Aharon Moshe's brother Aaron would do this and for this behavior one enjoys the profits of his actions in this world but his reward is not diminished in the world to come how amazing Laughter can be a beautiful tool. Rabbi Noach Weinberg beautifully explained this in the idea of humor and laughter. Allah Shalom, Rabbi Noach Weinberg, Rabbi Noach Weinberg, Zatzal Zechatzal Gavracha was an amazing trailblazer. He started Aish and Aish.com. He was the founder of Aish. He has this amazing series called Rabbi Noach Weinberg's 48 Ways to Wisdom, which I think is being made into a book. It might have already been published. So, way number 21 is called Laughter Serious Business on H.com. I highly recommend you reading the whole article. We took a couple of snippets from the article just to prove the beautifulness, the beauty of laughter as explained by Rabbi Weinberg. Jokes have the power to grab our attention and focus our mind. Laughter can snap us out of melancholy, put things back into perspective, give the momentum to make the best of life. Laughter is when the unexpected occurs. It's when a toddler puts on her father's big shoes, and we laugh. When two contrary elements are juxtaposed, the sudden surprise catches us off guard. And the more unexpected it is, the funnier it is. And Rabbi Weinberg gives points on how we should use laughter. We should laugh. What's so funny? What's so funny in laughter in life is when we use laughter in our own life to help us through our own life. We should laugh to put life in perspective. Laugh at your problems, like making something big out of a small thing. Everyone gets stressed about every little thing. I know so many people that get so stressed about so many little things. And I think to myself, my wife and I have three little kids. We have to make a thousand decisions every day. If we stressed out about every single little thing, do you think we would make a day-to-day? God forbid. Do you think we would be able to hold our heads up high most days and think we, we somehow survived the day? We had laughter in our days. Our kids were happy and healthy and safe. So many people stress out about every little thing. 
They have to run to call their kids. They have to run to call their friends. They have to run to call this person, that person over every little thing. They have to learn how to phrase every sentence, every text, every email, every phone call. Why do we have to stress about every little thing? Put laughter in your life. You know, especially people that are retired for 30 years, they stress out about every little thing. They have to call their great-grandkids to make a decision for them to pay one of their bills. We have to be able to laugh at ourselves, laugh at our problems, not take ourselves, our situations, our life so seriously. Especially cognizant of the fact that there's so many people out there that their life is so much more difficult for. You know, this one has has three little kids running around their house you're calling them. This one has six little kids and you're calling them with your problems, asking you to make your decision, asking you to help you with their line, their text, their email, their phone, their anything. Everyone has to realize, put it in perspective how everyone around you is dealing with things and laugh at yourself. Oh my gosh, this is such a big deal. Come on, let's just do this. There's so many bigger things out there, so many much more difficult things out there. Laugh at our own problems. Put life in perspective. Laugh to put life in perspective. We should also laugh to diffuse tension. If you're nervous about taking a test, laugh about it and say, so what if I fail? Maybe I'll break the world record for the lowest score. Can you imagine having that type of a viewpoint? When I was taking my boards for the OT, it was very, very, very stressful. I don't think academic-wise, I've ever been so stressed in my entire life. You had to get like 440 points to pass. Baruch Hashem, I just made it. It reminds me of Lahabdul of when taking the driving test, you have to get a 30. And like one time I didn't make it, the next time I had just enough to make it. Can you imagine if I would have had this perspective from Robert Weinberg? So what if I fail? Maybe I'll break the world record for the lowest score. Can you imagine? That sort of joking will relax you. It makes you shift your mindset. It makes you have a different more positive perspective on life make you less stressed, less anxious, and more likely you will pass the test if you could think positive and think humorly, think with humor to help your day. We should laugh at insanity, not at a person who is crazy, but at crazy ideas, especially in society. What is the idea of dying for success? What kind of a nonsense is that? People will literally push themselves to make 100, 200, 300, 400 grand for what? So that you lose all those moments with your kids? So you'll lose all those dinners with your wife? So you'll miss the piano recital, the play performance of your kid? Was it worth it? That extra hour at work? Was it worth it? What was the point of that? What did you gain out of it? An extra few dollars? You're not going to take any money with you after 120 years. They're not going to care that you may partner at Schechter, Schechter, and Schechter after 120 years. Nobody cares about any of that stuff. We talk about this often. My rabbi in Reshit, I believe Rav Elian, as Muslims would say, what are they going to say about you after 120 years? That you may partner at Cohen, Cohen, and Cohen? That you had a big house, a big car? Nobody cares about any of that stuff. doesn't matter if, you're, if your house is a mansion or tiny, what matters is what you did in this world. What type of a dad were you? What type of a mom were you? What type of a spouse were you? What type of a worker were you? What type of a Jew were you? Did you make a difference in the world? Was the world better for knowing you? Did you make others laugh and feel good? Did you spread joy in the world? Understand that society has so much insanity, so much craziness, laughing at the idea that there are crazy ideas. People waste their life for money. Our materialism that doesn't come with us. We come in this world wanting to grasp everything as a newborn. Our hands are clenched. 
we leave the world with our hands open because we can't take anything with us. Understand to laugh at the ideas of the craziness in this world. Don't abuse laughter also, Rabbi Weinberg explains. Ridiculing is not right. You can't do it. It should never be done. Laugh with people, not at people. Ridiculing someone hurts their soul and hurts them, cuts them to the essence of their being. It's embarrassing. Makes them feel worthless. You're a bozo. You're nothing. You're demented. You're horrible. Using words like that is never okay. Should never be used. Ridicule is the most terrible way of hurting another human being. People feel this deeply. Don't ridicule. Do not use excessive laughter. Laughing for laughter's sake is just an escape. Jokes alone don't equal, don't equal happiness. Too much laughter gives an artificial feeling of joy. You can have a great time at a two-hour comedy show, but experience an empty feeling afterwards, especially if it's not the kosher comedy. But if you go to a kosher comedy show that's an hour, they talk about these beautiful things of Judaism, but also the funny aspects of our lives, you could feel rewarded and uplifted afterwards. If you get worked up on a high that's not real, that's an empty feeling of wasted time. The reality will always come back. Don't use excessive improper laughter. Don't use negative laughter. Certain types of laughter like cynicism, sarcasm, or a nervous laugh reveal a more deep-seated emotional problem. Non-clean jokes are especially problematic. And again, do it the kosher, clean, proper way. Off-limits also never should be touched. There's an old saying, never laugh at motherhood or God. That means to say, don't be disrespectful by laughing at serious subjects. Don't poke fun at idealism. If someone is giving up material pursuits in order to serve the needs of others, in order to be a homemaker, to take care of the kids, don't snicker at them. Don't laugh at them. Don't put them down. They're doing something great. They're doing something wonderful. Don't say nice guys finish last. You've injected a destructive energy into society. This is serious. Keep it serious. So the end note of Rev Weinberg's article is using laughter as a way to wisdom. You should use it to keep your troubles in proportion. Realize they're not as bad as they seem. Don't run and bother everyone around you. You are more than capable of taking care of everything in your own life. And laughter should be used to realize that you can laugh at troubles and craziness. Life is not problems, it's opportunities. Laughter dispels gloom, depression, worry, pain, and aggravation. Use it as a quick way to snap back into action. Use it consciously in a measured amount. Aggravate, uh, excuse me, sorry. Aggravation and suffering sap our strength. Laughter brings out cheerful relaxation, gives you new energy. Laughter destroys everything in its path for good and for bad. Laughter taps into the deeper reality of God's interaction with the world. So humor and laughter is a wonderful tool that can make the world a more happy and light place but should be done in the proper manner like everything else. If we look into how to use it with the proper way, comic relief, brightness, and comedy, we can make the world a better place. I wanted to show you some other sources. The Flames of Faith explains that comedy can raise us to Noga to another level, like the rabbis would talk about their lessons with jokes, they would introduce their lessons. But if you use comedy to waste time or for inappropriate thoughts and ignore Torah study, you're using it in a way that renders it evil. Flames of Faith also explains if you use jokes in a good way to increase divine feelings within the students like Rabbah did and sparks within the clipper that were redeemed, you could really redeem and inspire and elevate those around you. Avos Nirvana Nassim explains Rabbi Kiva would say a sense of humor is a fence for honor. Make sure to have a sense of humor. Laugh at things around you. 
Don't take life too seriously. You'll miss all the beauty, nuances, and wonderful things that come along the way. Legends of the Jews explain, some people made it their purpose in life to dispel contentment and sorrow by their jokes and their cheery humor, just like the people Eliyahu met in the marketplace to let them feel happy, feel laughter, feel humor in their lives to make their lives a little more bearable. Sefer HaRakam explains if you bear all the trouble in your life and good humor like one who digs for a hidden treasure or who mines silver, you will understand the fear of Hashem and your life will be more enjoyable. Flames of Faith also points out that humor was attached and subordinated to a Torah goal, relaxing students to facilitate more effective learning of Torah. And that's our point to carry over. Humor should be used in the right way to help those around you feel better and more relaxed. Sefer HaRakam explains Avram stood his test joyfully with good humor, understanding Hashem wanted to elevate him. So the Bible, the Torah, called him friend. The Wars of the Jews talk about good humor. You receive everyone that came to you. Then you understand you have a proper disposition to laughter, humor. Imagine the rabbis you've dealt with in your life that have laughter and humor. How much of a more better relationship, interactions they have with their congregants than those that are too serious and too solemn-faced. The Orchos Satsadikim explains, Do not use vulgar humor or nonsensical jesting, but words concerning the precepts of the Torah which cause the heart to rejoice. Gamar Vadozar points out, Even Hashem Himself sits and makes sport of Gentiles. He laughs at them. And one day, there will be only laughter and happiness in the world. We should be zochah that that should come soon. And that's another point. Greeting life with a laugh is a way to take whatever comes at you with stride. Laughing things off with cheer can chase away stress when viewed from a standpoint of humor. And that's the whole idea in Bereshus by, by Avram and Sarah. They both laugh, but Avram's was pure joy and laughter, and Sarah was a little bit of skeptical laughter. And whose laughter do you think Hashem liked better? Avraham's, because his was pure laughter at the amazing fortunate tidings. Sarah was a little doubtful, a little skeptical. Bereshus says Avram threw himself on his face and laughed. Sarah also laughed to herself, but she said, How could it be? I'm old, my husband's old. And we know that Hashem changed for the sake of peace. We know that you're led alive for the sake of peace, for Shalom Bayis. That Hashem changed the words so, that, so as not to offend Avraham when relating what Sarah laughed about. Bracious also points out how Sarah laughed. Hashem brought me laughter when Yitzchak was born. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. The Medrash Agada explains many people were remembered who didn't have kids. Many sick were healed that day. Many prayers were answered with her. There was much laughter in the world. And when he called his name Yitzchak, they called his name Yitzchak with reference to his laughter. And God's reaction, Orchaim points out, why he took exception to Sarah's laughter. He didn't react the same way to Avram's laughter. Examining the text reveal Avram reacted with laughter at the time he received the message. The laughter of Sarah was objectionable, but Avram's laughter was not. It didn't bother him because Avram had that pure joy laughter out of beautifulness of accepting the idea of how wonderful that could be. But Sarah was a little skeptical due to their age or whatnot. Hashem altered the wording for the sake of peace for Shalom Bayit, but was happy with one laughter upset with the other because laughter from happiness is good, whereas laughter from disbelief is something not so good. And that's another point. Laughter as a response to good news is great if it's done in the right manner, like Avraham's laughter. Tosef and Brachos explain, don't be afraid when laughing. Laughing is a really good thing if done properly in the right time in the right way. As Kohelis points out, there's a time to laugh. Shabbos points out, there was no laughter in the days after Nebuchadnezzar because there was such sorrow 
laughter couldn't be found. The fact that there's laughter nowadays is that there is what to laugh about. There is good in the world, and we're hoping that the best good will come soon with Mashiach on the third base of Majors, hopefully speedily in our days. The Goran Ervin points out, a person's pointed out in three manners, his anger, his pocket, his cup, koso, kiso, kaso, I believe, that's his wallet, his, his anger, and when he drinks, that's how you really see the, the essence of a person. I don't drink, so I don't know that. I don't have money, so whatever. I try to be as generous as I can with what we have. And um, anger is a struggle for all of us, but we try our best. But the real way that a person also shows his nature is also, some say, in his laughter. A person has crinkles to his eyes, like my wife and I say about each other. They have smile to their face. You see the smile in their eyes and in their mannerisms, in their life. They're happy, upbeat, positive. They have humor on their lips and in their hearts. That's the essence of their nature. Another point to carry over, a joyful person, a person who has a sense of humor or laughter, smiles on his face, is someone to try to be around. Someone we should be that people want to be around. Try to be that kind of person with it as an essence of your nature. Rabbi Kiva talks about that they were out in the herbs and there were people, someone cried and someone laughed, someone said... That he cried because he was reminded of the honor of his forefathers, how important they were in the temple. And they said, why did you laugh? Because the Holy One is going to restore to us in the future, we'll be honored again. Same idea as the Makos Gemara and the Gemara when they're walking on Harabais. These rabbis are all so sad. But Rabbi Akiva is laughing. We talked all about Rabbi Akiva, the prism of optimism. We just uploaded that on the podcast and online recently from the one in March. Rabbi Akiva was an inspiration. He was positive, he was uplifting, and he had laughter on his lips, on his tongue, and in his soul. Rabbi Akiva knew how to take the positive spin. He was laughing because he knew that even though the temple is burning in fire, he knew because if they violate his will, what's going to happen to them. They're rewarded for such few good deeds. Those who perform their will, they're going to be rewarded for much, much more. And Rabbi Kiva said if it was trampled, the prophecies were coexistent, codependent. One prophecy said there'll be destruction, but another prophecy says there'll be laughter and singing and rebuilding. So if one happened that there was destruction, I know there will be rebuilding. That's how Rabbi Akiva looked. That's how he lived. He was optimistic. He was uplifted and he had laughter in his heart because he looked for the good. Even though there's two separate people looking at the same stimulus, one can look at it with laughter and uplifting and positivity. The other can be despondent, cynical and negative and upset. Take the laughter with you. Sometimes the point is to take over. It's all about our reaction, our responses and our outlook to put a positive spin. We all have the same stimulus which we can't control, but we can control our responses with using humor. Tillam talks about in the future, we say this in Shirmalis all the time, When Hashem returns us to Israel, as if in a dream, our mouths shall be filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Our tongues, why? Orchos Sadikim explains, when He returns us to Israel, that is a great joy. We'll be full of laughter, full of happiness. And that should be speedily in our days. Gemar Shabbos points out, Tears that come from medicinal drugs and from laughter and from sharp produce like onions are good for the eyes. It's healthy, it's helpful, and it really is the best medicine when it is on behalf of proper laughs. Gamar Chavez points out, laughter, it is praiseworthy. Laughter is commendable. 
laughter of Hashem, especially when he laughs with the righteous, the tzaddikim in the world to come. Hashem uses laughter. We should use laughter in the right way. Another point to remember, laughter and humor can be a sense of being that we infuse our days with, including longing for a future where our days are full of much laughter and good cheer. But conversely, we should understand that we shouldn't come to serious things with laughter. Like really, really serious things. If someone has a diagnosis, we shouldn't be laughing. If someone has a really serious situation, that's not the time for laughter. Not frivolity and not purposelessness. Also, Brachos points out, Ochos Sadikim points out laughter that is very evil. Like he who laughs at someone who's very careful, very pious in the way he serves Hashem, that is not right. Orchot Sadikim also says there's another evil, mocking laughter, dissuading the righteous man from his righteous deeds. That person might not be able to bear the laughter, bear the bullying. That's not something that should be done either. Orchot Sadikim then says there's a third type of laughter. Laughter that if you do, someone who's walking in the ways of Hashem, but someone laughs at him, he won't be able to repent, and he will walk in darkness all their days. Because of that laughter, he won't be able to do tshuva. That's also very bad laughter. Orchot Sadikim then says there are many evils and too much rejoicing, too much laughter. Like when one rejoices when his companion stumbles, that's not right. Or when some evil mischance of a tragic happenings afflict the world, it's not something you should be laughing at. If you hear about a tsunami in Japan, you should not be laughing. That's very inappropriate, not the right type of humor laughter. Kitsu Shulchanar says you shouldn't be a jester or a fool. A person is forbidden to fill his mouth with laughter. He's talking about raucous hilarity, not the right type of hilarity. There's a famous phrase I remember. I'm not quoting exactly. I don't remember where I heard it from or how I exactly heard it. But it's something like one joke can repel a hundred admonitions. A person can hear an amazing muster schmooze, an amazing shear from a great rabbi. One kid could say one dumb joke and he could literally throw off the purpose of the entire lecture. That's not the right kind of laughter, not the right kind of jokes, not the right kind of humor. Laughter is a tool that could be used for good or evil. Another point. Be very careful with it as it is easy to do such harm, such destruction with it. The Daf points out the time the temple was destroyed, there's no more laughter before Hashem. Not real laughter. The real laughter will come in the future, hopefully, but there is some laughter, but not the full laughter. Also, Rashi and Klaus explains the laughter of the fool has no useful purpose or lasting value. Pinin Halacha point out the Chachamim teach one should not pray out of laughter because laughter nullifies one's awe for Hashem. And you must pray to Hashem with fear and submission. Orchot Tzadikim points out that... Uh, the servant of a king sh- will not abandon the king's command, though he bears much shame for everyone who may laugh at him for performing that which his king commanded him. If people laugh at us for our, our customs, for our mitzvahs, that's the wrong laughter on their part, but that cannot push us away from doing that which we're supposed to do. We still have to be upright, righteous servants for Hashem, king's children, princes and princesses for Hashem. Again, another point, laughter is dangerous as it can be used in damaging ways, including the wrong mindset for teaching, learning, and praying. Use it in the right way. Zohar points out the, the body that you take with you, you should laugh with it in rejoicing of the righteous to take delight in the joy of Hashem. Zohar also points out the righteous will laugh in the future. The virtue of the soul that begets laughter and joy in the world when using it in the right way. Shekel HaKodesh points out the man who can laugh away a single care may worry, like be said to have his life's, life's, life's desire accomplished by Hashem. If someone can laugh away a single care, a single worry, he can be seen to be really having a party his whole life because he's still able to uphold Hashem's way and still have laughter, right laughter in his life. And the afflicted person, someone who's depressed, someone who has psychological symptoms, someone who has physical symptoms, the afflicted person can become morose, the Orachim points out, miserly, and his mind becomes depressed. But the natural antidote 
are activities which help to cheer up a person, cause him to laugh and to enjoy himself. And that's another point. Approaching, lo- uh, approaching life with proper laughter can ease the worries and the struggles, make you feel contentment of soul. The Dafish Shmuel points out, Hashem will laugh at the non-Jews who do not trust in God's protection. That's the day Hashem will laugh. Mishnah Torah points out one should not be addicted to jesting and mockery, nor should one be sad and mournful, but cheerful. There should always be the middle path, the Rambam points out. There is a time to laugh in the right way. Rashi points out Malachim Ben Gechaz, he took his mission very lightly, considered it a joke. He was not Zochem to revive the child when he was sent on his way by Elisha. Because you must take your missions in the right way. You could joke about things in the right way, the right manner, but you must take your mission seriously. Gray Matter points out. It's forbidden to steal even merely as a joke or with intention to return the item or even on condition to repay the item later. This is all forbidden unless one becomes habituated to stealing. Gamar Sanhedrin also points out they should treat the Torah, they should not treat the Kintar with contempt by using it for own entertainment. Don't use the Torah for your entertainment, but use situations in life, our way of life, in the right manner with kosher comedy, kosher ways, proper aspects to bring laughter into our life. And that's another point. Although we should approach life with humor and laughter, we should never take life or its trivials as a joke or take what Hashem sends or gives us lightly. Appreciate everything with the proper mindset, but still infuse proper humor into your life. I just want to wrap up the last points. Thanks for staying with me. The last points to carry over. Humor should be used in the right way to help those around you feel better and more relaxed. Greeting life with a laugh is a way to take whatever comes at you with stride. Laughing things off with cheer can chase away stress when viewed from a standpoint of humor. Laughter as a response to good news is great if done in the right manner, like Avram's laughter. A joyful person, a person who has a sense of humor or laughter and smiles on his face, is someone to try to be around and to try to be that kind of person for others to want to be around, with it as an essence of your nature. Sometimes it's all about a reaction. Our responses and our outlook to put a positive spin. We can all have the same stimulus which we can't control, but we can control our responses with using humor like the great Rabbi Akiva teaches us. Laughter and humor can be a sense of being that we, we can infuse our days with, including longing for a future where our days are full of much laughter and good cheer. Laughter is a tool that can be used for good or evil. Be very careful with it as it is so easy to do such harm, such destruction with it. Think of Rabbi Weinberg's points from his article and from his wonderful book and teachings. Laughter is dangerous as it can be used in damaging ways including the wrong mindset for teaching, learning, and praying. Again, it can be used for good or evil. Use it for good, not for harm or destruction. Approaching life with proper laughter can ease the worries and the struggles and make you feel contentment of soul. Although we should approach life, approach life with humor and laughter, we should never take life or its travails as a joke. Or take what Hashem sends or gives us lightly. Appreciate everything with the proper mindset, but still infuse, infuse the proper humor into your life. Thank you so much for joining us again. All of our podcasts are on all podcast forums. We are available on iTunes and Google and the like. Thank you for joining us. This has been the lecture series with Rev T. Join us next time, God willing, in two weeks, 8.30, when we talk about another topic per session with some practical lessons. Thank you. Have a good one. Take care.